Welcome to the Success Fundamentals Podcast, where we will be interviewing people who have reached greatness in their respective fields and get an insider's view on what it takes to get to the top. Our aim is to uncover their deepest motivations, beliefs, and methods to achieving success so we can all gain wisdom from their experiences. Please welcome your hosts, Christopher Sykes and Brian Goldsack. Welcome to another edition of Success Fundamentals, where we give you the tools necessary to be successes in your own right by people who have already done it. I'm your co-host, Chris Sykes. I'm Brian Goldsack. And today we have a very special guest. We have Emily Buckley, who was the COO of the Cliffs Climbing and Fitness. Emily, how are you? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me on. I'm excited to talk to you guys. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I have, uh, I've done some research on you and I have a lot of questions about your fitness background since I love to keep in shape myself as well as Brian. Um, he can talk uh-huh. to you about that. Um, but before it seems like you've had, um, you've up until this point, a very successful career, but before you, what, but before we get into all of that, take us where all this ambition and passion about fitness started. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I feel like I was kind of your normal tomboy growing up. Like you couldn't get me away from sports, right? Like I just wanted to play any and every sport. And I grew up in New York city, which, you know, we don't have fields on every corner, right? We only have, um, you know, a couple of basketball courts and uh, a couple of dirt pits that were, you know, called soccer fields. So, um, I grew up playing soccer and it literally any and every sport that you could get into my hands. I had a baseball glove. I had a hockey stick. Like we don't even have hockey in, in Brooklyn. Right. And I was like blading up and down my block playing hockey. So I just, I think I always found like some um, sense of like enjoyment and calmness from physical activity. And I actually ended up, um, going to college on a soccer scholarship and played lacrosse there as well. Um, and I think, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of demand put on the physical side of being in shape enough to play a collegiate sport. Um, and really during those summers coming home from college training to make sure that I passed the fitness tests were when I like really honed in, like, wow, I, not only do I have to pass these tests, but I actually enjoy the process of training for them. Oh, absolutely. 100%. I understand that. I played college football myself um, at East Carolina. So I understand exactly what you, what you go through in terms of making sure that you're in shape for a a fitness test. It's, it's it's grueling for sure. Oh, it's grueling. Yeah. It's grueling. (laughs) And it's, um, it's a very stressful process. It's really interesting looking back on it, like thinking about the amount of stress that, you know, college athletics puts on a bunch of like 17, 18, 19 year olds, you know? Oh yeah. But you know what, Emily, I didn't give you your just due. I have to, I have to say this. I have to say congratulations to you. Do you know why? I don't know. (laughs) Why is that? Again, I did some research on you and you won the top 100 uh, healthcare visionaries award. I, I believe what, two months ago. Yeah. Yeah, they had a conference out in um, Las Vegas. You know, I didn't end up traveling out there for the conference, um, unfortunately, you know, just with everything going on with COVID. Absolutely. But, um, but yeah, thank you. I appreciate that. How, what, what, is that what does that mean to you? Like, how does, how does someone achieve that award? Because a visionary, that means you 
you've done something groundbreaking and to be recognized like that is, I'm pretty sure it's a huge accomplishment for you. Yeah. You know, it's, it's interesting. Um, I have to say I was a bit shocked to get reached out to um, about that. I had an anonymous uh, nomination, so I don't actually know who nominated me for it. Um, And then, you know, you go through a series of interviewing and they just talk to you about like, what you've done within your career, what your viewpoints are, you know, where you see the industry going as a whole. Um, And, you know, I guess I convinced them enough within my uh, interviews to, to think that I deserve that award. So I'll take it for sure. Um, It's pretty cool. I think that, uh, you know, being a, being a female in the fitness space and being a very ambitious female in the fitness space is just, you know, few and far between, unfortunately, hopefully, in the future, we can change that, but I think it helps um, me stand out a bit. Absolutely. So, Emily, where do you see the fitness industry going? Yeah, that's an interesting question, especially considering uh, you know the mass shutdowns due to COVID and how much that financially affected all of these fitness companies, and also kind of forced everyone's hand in pivoting their strategy, right? Like so many companies ended up releasing either um, online training series or completely changed their model. Even now that gyms are allowed to be open, a lot of companies are still offering like a hybrid model. Um, You know, if you look towards some you know, uh, fundraising that's happening right now. There's so much money being pushed behind like health and fitness companies right now, specifically ones that are digital. So um, there's a couple of companies that are coming out with, uh, you know, kind of riding the coattails of Peloton um, coming out with at home units where you can like virtual into a class that's led by an instructor through them, but you have the machine in your house. Um, there's a lot of money being pushed in that direction right now. Um, so I think that that's kind of hot right now. Like these, the, there's like a at home, like kickboxing one, there's an at home Pilates thing. There's this new, like, um, I don't know what the company is called, but there's this new, like basically platform. That's just a square and you stand on it and you can do almost any exercise you could do with a barbell based on this square. Right. Mm. Um, So it's interesting. There seems to be a lot of movement into the digital world, which I understand the pivot in the current atmosphere that we're in right now. Um, But I will say that I I don't think in-person fitness is really going anywhere. There's a hundred percent a difference between doing a workout in your house, you know, right to the right of your kitchen between your bathroom and your living room versus being in a class with other people who are like pushing you. And I think a lot of a lot of fitness, unless you go to the gym and put your headphones in and don't talk to anyone, but a lot of fitness is like community oriented and mm-hmm. using other people and the relationships that you have with other people in order to drive your further successes. Um, so I don't, I, I think they've come up with some creative ways to implement digital, implement that type of culture and camaraderie digitally, but I, I don't think it's the same as being in person. Um, so, yeah, I think there, that in-person will still be a pathway moving forward, but I do see the struggle from a lot of like mom and pop brick and mortar style, um, you know, single to three unit companies versus 
um, you know, a, a holding company like Exponential who owns multiple different brands and they're just rolling out like hundreds of gyms at a time. You know, you very, you sound, I mean, I already know you are, but you're very passionate about this space. Um, where, where did this ambition come from? Because you can, you, you like fitness and you, you know, you decided to make it, make a career out of it and you've been very successful, but where did, where do you think this ambition came from, from you? Was it, was it due to the fact that you were in sports or you were just a high achiever? Like what, what is it? Or was it, wasn't it still from you, from your parents? Where did, how did you get so ambitious? Yeah, that's a good question. Um, you know, to be totally honest, I don't really know. There's, there's something in me that makes me just want to, um, try my best at everything that I do. Um, and I think, you know, that's a blessing and a curse. I think you end up going down a little bit of a rabbit hole sometimes, right? Absolutely. Um, but I just, like, I, I really enjoy the process of like working hard towards something and seeing it come to fruition. I love that. Um, so I know you said that, you know, rereading your bio that, your work ethic and your ability to pivot allowed you to become successful. Can you explain, explain that. I know you mentioned it before in, in Brian's question, but mm-hmm. it seems like you have a, an adaptive mindset, which I think is key in order for you to be successful in anything you do. So how did that help you out as well? Yeah, I agree with you. I do think it's key. Um, you know, especially within the industry that I work in, it's, interesting because there's not this long history of jobs and promotions and a clear path to the top, right? And I think what's tricky about that, but also what is fun and exciting about it is that you get to create your own path there. Um, So, you know, some people like to use the term like trailblazer, Um, I don't particularly love that term because I think that it like under, it kind of like undersells the experience that you actually have to go through trailblazing. Mm -hmm. I feel like makes it seem like you're like running through a grass field really (laughs) fast. Right. And the way that I describe it more so is it's more like um, a bushwhack. So like when you're out in the woods and there's no trail to the top of the mountain, you have to bushwhack your way through, which means you're like swatting away branches and they may come back and like hit you in the face on your way through, or you may like trip over a log and fall into a pile of mud. And I feel like that is kind of um, (laughs) how you, how you need to navigate um, certain things within the fitness industry. And I think that in like, the ability to be able to pivot is a non-negotiable if you want to be successful. Um, You just have to be able to look at a situation and say, okay, either I'm happy with this, but what else can be done with this? Or I'm unhappy with this. I need to change course. Right. And, and the top of the mountain is still the same goal. Right. Mm -hmm. But it's like, okay, well maybe one, one section is a little bit steeper than the other section and you have to take a slight detour. So for myself, like, you know, I've done a lot of, a lot of moves that maybe some other people wouldn't have done in or, or yeah, wouldn't have done in order to um, see forward movement. So I am a huge believer in like one step back, two steps forward. I've taken pay cuts at certain times in my career when other people, you know, probably wouldn't have, 
Um, I've moved across the country and back in six months to gain some experience from a company that was out on the West Coast that I believe really like set me off. But, you know, that cost me a lot of money to move out there for six months and then move back. So I think, um, you know, the, the ability to be able to read a situation and say like, okay, what is my next move here? And how is that going to affect me further down the line um, is, is really key into being successful and also recognizing when, okay, I thought this was the right path. It's not, I need to switch. I need to change directions and go somewhere else. Right. Absolutely. Um, so I think the pivot is important and, you know, the work ethic is, is interesting. I just think in order to be the, in order to attain the level of success that I want, you just have to work really, really, really hard, you know? Um, and I think you can probably relate to this, but from college athletics, like you don't get a choice. You have to be at 6am practice, right? (laughs) You don't, (laughs) you do not get a choice. And I think especially playing two sports, you know, I had no life in college year round. I was up every single morning at 6am. And then I also had, you know, whatever the other, the out of season sport was, I had their off season training after classes. So I think it kind of like instilled this desire to just uh, grind really hard. No, 100%. It almost like it, 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 it turns it into a habit of at least, at least what I found to work hard too. Right. Because like you said, like with me, like in, in football season, football was Monday through Sunday. Literally, mm-hmm. it was. It was even yep. if you had a game on Saturday, you had practice the very next day, and you had waste the very next, and then you had. So it was like a, a revolving cycle, and then all mm-hmm. season you have training. Is it's it's because it, it almost like you say it's, it's almost that you don't know anything else but to work hard. Almost it kind of teaches that that mindset. I think exactly. So Emily, so Emily um, you, you said something that resonated with me, and you said the top of the mountain is ultimately the goal and you're extraordinarily successful and you've achieved a lot. So can you let us know, like every time that you have hit the top of that mountain, how do you celebrate that? How do you enjoy that success or do you not? And you just find another peak to, to go after. Yeah, that's, that's a good question. I, I think that, um, there are important moments to take a step back and say, wow, I'm really proud of myself. This is what I've accomplished. Um, I think the difficult part about that also is that it always feels like there's more, right? Like it always feels like, okay, well, this is great for right now, but what about for next year? What about for the next five years? You know? So, um, it's a, it's a bit of a cyclical cycle, right? Like the the second I get to the top of one mountain, I see another mountain that's like within reach, but a little bit higher. Right. Um, but I do think it's important to like, take a step back and recognize like, wow, I'm really proud of myself for what I've done, what I've accomplished and, um, take a minute to soak that in. Um, I probably don't do it quite as often as I should. Um, but yeah, I think there are certain moments where it's like, wow, this is this feels really good. 100%. We 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 have to give Brian a 
let to let let you know that he's like a, a two-time black belt in judo so he knows oh, about this awesome. knows about this athletic stuff as well that's <laughs> yeah. badass not not quite at that collegiate level which I'm, I'm always impressed by college athletes so that's what a commitment 6 a.m every morning i don't know yes no choice. Yeah, oh and 6 a.m was like when practice started which yeah, meant exactly. <laughs> you had to be on the field at 545. <laughs> yeah, you had to be dressed and ready to go yes. at six. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, that's a, so it's an interesting thing that you said, Emily. You said you have to give yourself that minute to enjoy, but presumably it took many, many minutes for you to get to the peak of that mountain. Yeah. So when I hear that, I think, wow, it's like a disproportionate amount of effort versus the amount of celebration in light of achieving that. Um, do you view that as a, as a bad thing or is it just kind of the way it is? I, I hope that question makes sense. Yeah, no, that makes a lot of sense. You know, it's interesting because especially the way that you said it, it seems like, um, <laughs> yeah, not, it seems like the scales aren't really balanced there, right? like so much effort put in for only like a minute of recognition or glory or self um, fulfillment, you know, whatever, whatever that is. Um, I think that's kind of how I've always been, you know, like was in college and I'd have a great game and she'd be like, I didn't really enough, you know? So and meanwhile, I scored like the game winning goal and everything was great and whatever. So I think, you know, part of being a high achiever is maybe like rec- trying to take the time to recognize, okay, what I did was good, but not good enough. Um, at some point, I do have this like vision for myself where I'm like older and I, I don't know what age, what time frame in my life this is or what age it is, but like I do have this vision where. I like have a house somewhere in the mountains and I like sit down and like just have a beer. And I'm like, yeah, I feel, <laughs> I feel really good about everything that I've done. Um, I have no idea what age that'll be at. I have no idea what that will be in reference to like when I look back on it, but I do have that like vision for myself. It's just never quite um, like the appropriate time for, for that time to come, you know, but it is, I agree with you. It is, it is disproportionate. It's a lot of, a lot of grinding, a lot of, um, yeah, it's a lot to lead to maybe a minute of saying like, okay, you did a good job. Now what's next. So the reason I ask, um, is because I, I agree with that sentiment. I agree. and, And I empathize with it. I said to my wife on many occasions that I feel like, I enjoy the fruits of my labor over like 15 minutes, about four times a year. Yeah. (laughs) So like to feel that joy of like, wow, everything's actually okay. And I've accomplished quite a bit so far. I feel that elation usually for about 10 to 15 minutes, about three or four times a year. And really the only thing that's ever changed is I now can recognize when I'm experiencing it. And I mm-hmm. just try to enjoy that 10 minutes. <laughs> so I go here. Oh, it's one of those four times this year where I'm going to be really, really happy about everything I've accomplished. 
let me have yes. that beer of the mountain. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting too, because I feel like, um, I, I feel like I don't typically get to that place by myself. Um, I feel like usually it involves someone else like pointing something out and being like, Hey, this is like really impressive that you did this or like, Hey, you should be really proud of yourself. And it's like, I'm, I, you know, I oftentimes uh, relate to like a horse with blinders on, right. Like I'm mm-hmm. so like focused um, that a lot of times it takes someone else to say like, Hey, this was really, this is really cool that you did this, or this is really cool that you accomplished this. Um, and that's always nice, right? Like it's always nice to have the validation from someone else, but then it allows me to like slow down and be like, Oh yeah, that is really cool. And maybe a lot of other people haven't done that by this age or in this type of situation. Um, but it's, it's, I, I found that I don't do it naturally on my own. You know what? I think with that though, um, like to Brian's point, I've learned how to do it. And what I like to do just to make sure that I'm actually soaking the moment in is to just to take time and reflect how far you came. So like, if you yeah. just, like, if you just, if you just sat like stop and look back and I remember when I first started this journey and when I felt like I didn't know what I was going to do. Yeah. And then, and then you, and then you, you know, you fast forward to today and you're like, I cannot believe I'm actually here. Like if you, if you look, I think sometimes to appreciate and to take that, you know, to take that moment where you're on your balcony with the beer in the mountains to say, oh my God, I'm looking what I, is to look back to where you start, to where you started from and kind of right. reflect on, on today. Um, I have a, I, I want, you said something when you were explaining, when you were explaining something earlier, Emily, that I want to kind of, which piqued my interest. You said that in order to the, attain the level of success that you want, mm-hmm. you have to have a certain, you have to work really hard. So I have two questions for you. What is that level up of success? And then my, and my second question is what is your personal definition of success? That's a loaded question. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. What, what is that level of success? Maybe it's a bit naive for me to say, like, I don't truly know. Um, I know that, you know, I want myself and my family to be like 1000% financially secure, right? Like if anything crazy, crazy were to happen, it'd be like, we can get through this. Right. Mm. Um, I think that that's a big driving goal, um, for me. And it's funny because, you know, I, I see a lot of things on the internet right now about like, um, you know, people who were born in like the eighties or the nineties and just like the tragedy that they've seen in the world. And, and I have, it has caused me to reflect a little bit and be like, wow, do I have this sense of, 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 stability in being able to make it through any sort of like catastrophic event because we've already lived through so many. Right. Absolutely. Um, so that's, that's one sense of it. You know, the other thing also is that I, I feel like I work really hard right now so that in the future I can have a more relaxed, like work life balance. Um, you know, I think, you know, the ultimate goal is to have like revenue streams where, you know, you don't actually have to trade your time for them. Um, mm-hmm. 
So, you know, the goal of everything right now is so that later on in life, I can like sit back and allow those revenue streams to just continue to grow and not have to trade so much of my time for them. Um, so, so maybe that's success, but paired with that comes the freedom of being able to spend your time the way you want to spend it and with who you want to spend it with and travel wherever you want to go. Um, and with those things comes happiness, right? So like, it's kind of like a three, a three-step process, I feel like, in order to attain that, that ultimate goal of success, which is like, you know, not trading your time for money and also um, being, being really happy and content um, and stable. <laughs> so I think those are, those are a couple things. Um, what do I define success as? I guess success can look different for everyone. Like, I think people can set their own, their own goals of what that is, but like, that's what it is for me. Like being like happy, financially secure and, and able to like provide for my family. So you, you, you gave me a thought when you were describing that. And by the way, Emily, that was probably one of the most clear visions for success that we've heard in a while. Uh, So that was awesome. Thank you for that. Cool, cool. I often wonder, you know, for for extraordinarily driven people, let's say you achieve it. Let's say you have like 15 revenue streams and you're sitting on a island in the Caribbean somewhere. I often wonder, you know, if you're there, you're drinking that pina colada and you see that perhaps it would be advantageous to start like a bike rental business there. Would you say... Would you immediately stop being in paradise and see another opportunity and then put forth your efforts into being enterprising again because it's a personality trait that can't be shut off? I don't know if you guys have any reflections on that. I think that's 100% accurate. Like literally, I, I like walk around and just see opportunities in the most random things, right? Like I see opportunities in like, oh, if we develop something that read people's be- like body, body mechanics and behaviors, then we would know when they're about to like walk out of a store because they're not um, going to purchase something, right? Like there's just so many mm-hmm. things that like I'm in the bodega. I'm like on the corner bodega and I'm thinking about that as I like see someone trying to make a decision and then ultimately like walking out without buying anything. Right. I'm like, wow. Like, I wonder what about that person's body language? Um, at what point in time did it show that they were no longer interested in that product? And is there a way to, and I mean, I think this is the whole, <laughs> the whole spiel behind like marketing. Right. But like, yeah. Is there a way to catch that and what can be done between that time and the time that they walk out the door? Um, So I agree with you. I think I could very well be like hanging out fully retired and see something and be like, wow, like that could be a really good opportunity to do something. I would hope that at that point in time, I'm only coming up with ideas that are, that are, um, and, and only following through with them that would directly benefit like the people of the area. Right. So like your example of 
um, bikes, right? Like if there was like, I wouldn't do like a bike rental service at a resort, right? It would be like, okay, let's look into, um, how, how children get to school in, in the Caribbean, in this country. And is there a way that we could manufacture bikes and have some sort of like city bike system like we have here in New York, but down there so that they could just like take these bikes to and from school. Um, like I, I, I would like all of those endeavors to be more like philanthropic than um, for personal gain, if that makes sense. Absolutely. It does. 100% it does. So not shutting that part of your brain off, but reorienting it to philanthropic endeavors. 100%. Yeah. And I think you only get to that point based on what she just described, right? You, when, you're, when you're happy and where you're financially successful enough to where you're like, you know what, I, can, I would do this. I don't really need the money um, because I've already achieved that. This is, more, like she said, it's more so I can be a direct help to where I, wherever I'm at. So 100%. <laughs> So, Brian, that time? You, I, I, I think it's that time to drop those two bombs on. All right. All right. So I'm nervous. everybody gets nervous and you should be because this is you want to talk about loaded questions. This is the mother load. Yeah. So first question, Emily, what are your views on money? Second question, what is your overall perception of power? Yeah, two very loaded questions. Okay, uh, money, money. I have a, a very actually simple answer that I've. It's been my viewpoint on money for a long time. You have to make more money than you spend. That's it. Mm. That that's my overall viewpoint on it. You have to make more than you spend, um, and and I think that applies to people across the board. Whether it's uh, you know you're you're a college kid and you're paying, you know, your tuition yourself and you have to make those payments, mm -hmm. get a job to make sure that you can cover, cover those bills. Right. Or whether you're, um, you know, very successful and maybe you get addicted to that lifestyle of like more and more and, Oh, I want a nicer car. I want a nicer apartment. I want nicer furniture. I want to look cool. I'm going to go out to this bar. I want to go out to this dinner. Like, you know, don't, don't let your spending get out of hand. Um, always make more money than you spend. That's what I've boiled it down to as like the simplest way to express my feelings about money. Um, and power, power's tricky because I think power, people use power in so many different ways. Um, you know, a lot of times power gives people a sense of authority to treat people worse than um, they would otherwise. Uh, you know, I think especially living in New York, it's a lot of like, oh, what do you what do you do for a living, right? And you're kind of like silently judging people on like where they fall, how much money you think that they make, and how much influence they have over the people that they work with. Um, and I really don't like that. So um, I think power can be very dangerous, um, but I also think can be very inspirational when used appropriately. Um, I am about to open up an internet.
with, and I'm, I'm partnering actually with my um, undergrad university. And my hope in that is to give someone the opportunity, recognizing that I'm in a place of not only power, but also privilege and trying to share that with someone else. Um, so I think power can be very dangerous, but it can also be very inspirational and life-changing if you use it appropriately. I like that a lot. Um, I have, I have a, I know we, as we're about to wrap up, um, I know that you're just by way of what you do, what, what you've been able to accomplish, um, you're such an inspiration. I mean, and I know you're going to be a lot of inspiration. Um, you're going to be very inspirational to people who listen to this, to this show. Um, what it, what career advice would you give people who, because one of the reasons Brian and I started doing this is we at first just started about strictly just talking to business people, but then Brian said, why don't we just talk to people who are in different industries that have achieved success and if someone who's listening who let's just who's very passionate about fitness and they have been told well you can do something else because i don't know how where that's that's going to go but you've trailblazed i know you don't like you don't you don't like the word but you've you've, <laughs> <That's made> this, <laughs> okay, yeah. you've you've made this career and been extremely successful at doing something that you're extremely passionate about so <laughs> if someone listening to this show is like she's very inspirational, but where, where do I start? What advice would you give that person? I think um, networking is super important. So, you know, getting yourself out there in the industry that you want to be in, um, being polite to people, right? I think that's, that's really um, underrated in society right now, um, being really polite to people and working as hard as you can at anything that comes across your desk. Um, so, you know, if, if there's, and especially when I was younger, right, but like if a project came across, across my desk, I went to almost an embarrassing amount of like, I put in almost an embarrassing amount of effort towards it. Like, like if we we're thinking about school projects, I would be the kid that like went over the top and delivered something ridiculous ridiculous way more than like a third grader should deliver on a science project. Right. Um, <laughs> and I, and I really think that that helps you stand out and helps you progress throughout your career. So I think, um, you know, network, be really polite and work really hard. Love that. So Emily, tell people about where you work, what, what you do and where, where and where people can find you. Yeah, so I am the chief operating officer at a company called The Cliffs Climbing and Fitness. Um, we're headquartered in New York City, but we also operate in Philadelphia as well. Um, we're an indoor rock climbing gym business. So we offer rock climbing, but we also have um, a pretty robust fitness, fitness design as well. Um, basically with one membership you can get all of your regular gym amenities you know sauna showers treadmills weights the additional bonus of um so really impressive truly amazing um you know i think uh within that we've gone through a lot of expansion over the past couple of years and i hope that that continues um 
Uh, if you live in the tri-state area and want to come check us out, um, you can feel free to drop me an email, Emily B, as in Buckley, boy, my last name, um, at thecliffsclimbing.com. Um, you can also find me on LinkedIn, just my name, Emily Buckley, and you'll, I think I pop up towards the top. Um, it's a picture of me mountain biking. So, uh, yeah, if anyone wants to get in touch, I love, love networking and love talking to people. So I'd love to chat with anyone. Absolutely. Brian, do you have anything else? I have a um, few questions, but I know she has a hard stop because I, I really. <laughs> <laughs> no, this was great. This was great. Thank you so much, Emily. Thank you. Cool. Yeah. Happy to talk to you. Loaded questions. You're going to have me thinking for the rest of the day, too. Oh, fantastic. That's exactly what Brian and I what like to hear. Yeah. Absolutely. Well, this has been fun. Emily, thank you so much for being so generous with your time and speaking to Brian and I. I'm, you know, don't worry, everyone. We're going to have all of Emily's information in the show notes. Um, so if you want to get in contact with her, you can. Um, but that's, that's, it's been fun. It's a wrap, and we will see you all next Thursday. Thanks for listening to the Success Fundamentals Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please subscribe, rate, and leave a review.